Mike, am I on? No? Yes? No? Not really? No? Hello? Hello. Hello. Check. Hi. Are we recording? Excellent. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first live recorded episode of Euripides Humanities, a theater history podcast. Oh, my word. This has been a long time coming. Long time coming. I'm very glad to have everybody here. Uh, I have my guests to my left and my right. Uh, To my left, I have Mr. Matt Gaston, photojournalist. To my right, I have Mr. Dustin Hebert here from Casper, Wyoming, who is the theater instructor. Hello. Hello. And before we get started, I do have to uh, give some thanks to our live streaming audience. We have several people actually out there live streaming across the country right now. That's fantastic. It's going to be amazing. It's amazing. Uh, Sorry you couldn't be here. This is the best we could do. So um, I also want to thank our sponsors for the show. uh, And hopefully we'll get time uh, tonight where you can visit at least one of them. Uh, uh, The Pony Grill and Bar. About a block and a half away from here. Thank you very much, the Pony uh, Grill and Bar. Uh, I want to thank, I'm wearing their t shirt here. Uh, it's a good look. It's a good look for you. Yeah. Scott's responsible for this. And uh, this. All we see yeah. is black sheep, and that tracks real hard with you. So I'm <laughs> thrilled about this. This is going to be good. We don't want to talk about you? Let's no. get right, it started. Cool. All right. Uh, so this is the Black Sheep Barbershop, just about a block and a half down here. Uh, do some amazing cuts if you're in for a good hot shave or anything Best like that. Best fade in town. Absolutely. Best fade in town. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to introduce everybody to uh, my guests. Uh, for those of you who have listened before, uh, you probably know me. If you don't, my name is Aaron Odom. I am the owner and director of Trident Theater here in Sheridan, Wyoming. But to my left is Mr. Matt Gaston, who has been a photojournalist for how long? How many years? Many. Well, well, ten total. Ten total. Okay. Four, almost four here. Wow. Okay. Amazing. I've been telling your stories for the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. Visually. (laughs) I do not write the words. That would be a terrible mistake. (laughs) He's not good with words, but he's great with pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Great with pictures. And God, what an eye. I color in the lines and everything. Some of the best (laughs) books just are pictures. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Matt, you've been doing photojournalism and photography for a long, long time, but you've actually done some for like. Like some really cool shows in a lot of different cities around the world, or at least well, around, the, around country. the world. Okay, but but uh, I asked you one of the segments that we have on uh, uh, Euripides Humanities, and Dustin's already uh, taken part in one of these. Is he's a prior guest? Uh, is a theater horror story, a just theater some crazy horror. damn thing that might have happened. So what you've been privy to a lot of crazy damn things. That, yeah, and we I would love to hear. Some story from your days in photographing <laughs> entertainment venues. Well, as it happens, this weekend in Denver is UMS, which is the Underground Music Showcase, which is basically a very large like street festival where 10 different locations have stages, local, national, sometimes international bands perform. And actually, the last time I had a microphone like this in my hand, I was arrested at UMS (laughs) because I got up on stage to let a band know that 
I was not pleased with the performance. As you should. As well you should. And when I got on the stage, the first thing I did was I turned to the band and was like, these are the most courageous human beings on the planet. Don't just us. Because they are <laughs> totally about us. trash. <laughs> and they got up here and did this anyway. <laughs> and about the time I finished that sentence, I was tackled by Denver PD. <laughs> Do you remember much of the night afterward? Um, I remember a headache. I also remember they they we put me in cuffs, those. they carted me off, and then they were like, you're an asshole, that band sucked, but don't do this again and we'll let you go. <laughs> so I was I was let go on my own recognizance. Aww. Granted, there were a couple of chaperones who were like, make sure he does not get on stage again this evening. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So wow. It happened. Well, I, I, I'll say this To then. be fair, though. Mm. To be fair. The tackle was not... I was not impressed. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... The for, band was trash, and so was the tackle. For, for as, uh, for, for as, I mean, you hear about police brutality, I mean, but come this on, is just... For as skinny as I am, I should have gone down a lot harder. <laughs> but not so much. I was more like, stop tickling me. <laughs> that was Denver PD's D team. They just put the D team it, on you it guys. It absolutely was the D team because realistically, if I'd seen him coming, you could have just stepped. Right I, I could have. I could have made one step to the right, <laughs> and this very large man would have missed entirely. There are people across the country that wish they could just sidestep the police sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, Dave, <laughs> Dave Chappelle did. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. out. Correct. Okay. Well, I will say this then, Matt. Uh, happy sixth anniversary of getting arrested and having a microphone. Hey, congratulations. 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 That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Dustin, you just finished uh, a pretty crazy project. Yeah. Um, you, you usually are directing high school theater in Casper, Wyoming, but you got the opportunity to do a huge show. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And it didn't quite go as planned? No. Uh, actually, if any of you are familiar, there was a cartoon series out. It's not very well known. It's called SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, so they have a musical now that, right, I'm sure some of you have seen it. It's on Amazon. It's great. Uh, the original show, uh, Nickelodeon, put about $18 million into the set Jeez. and the costumes. It was fantastic. And now theater country, uh, theater uh, high schools and companies across the country are like, we do that too. They can't. <laughs> um, with but, our $18 million budget. Right, with, a, with our $18 yeah. million. So um, we got hired, I was hired by a theater company. It's my first professional gig. Well, my first professional directing gig. And um, the theater company down in Colorado hired me up. Uh, we did casting out of uh, SETCs. We did cast from New York. Ooh. We pulled in a lot of... Um, post-college graduates, and there were some people that were in college that we hire, and we pay them a weekly stipend, we house them, and we ship them down to Southern Colorado. And so when they started doing SpongeBob, uh, in the first week, you know, <laughs> it's always very important to be able to identify those individuals in the cast that are, you're going to be like, you're, you're not, you're toxic. <laughs> 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 and so... There are a lot of other words that I'm going to use, but I'm I'm trying to edit as much <laughs> as I can. Uh, yeah, this, okay. This, uh, but um, in the fr so here in Sheridan and in many high schools across the country and in many places across the country, you do a show in nine weeks. Um, this is what's called rep theater, and rep mm -hmm. theater you do three shows 
and you do them in um, 16 day increments. Ooh. So we put up a full Ooh. musical in 16 days. That originally had a budget of $18, 18 million. Dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, uh, luckily, luckily very few people know uh, SpongeBob, so there's not a lot of <laughs> pop culture references. <laughs> um, right, so in the first five days, I fired an actor, mm. uh, rehired someone from a national tour, which was kind of crazy because we had to get him sort of shipped in. Wait, can you tell this to me like you originally told this to me as though I, uh, these are the actual characters oh. from the cartoon show and so I'm watching you fire I them? I fired Patrick. An asshole. A starfish. <laughs> I was like, boom, gone. Um, Patrick made a mistake. Patrick put on his uh, Instagram, does anyone know how to get out of a contract? And Ooh. I went, I can help you with that. Uh, <laughs> correct, really, and I know we're not supposed to hold people accountable to what they put on. Nope, I'm going to hold people accountable to what they put on social media. Correct. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, ah, you got to go, guy. Um, so we fired him. We had another guy from the National Tour of Chicago. Uh, and we're like, hey, you got a couple weeks free? <laughs> and he's like, I do. And I was like, I'm sure. Good, because we're going to need somebody that knows what they're doing. I and can so, be a starfish. So we brought, the, we brought the, we hired the guy. He'll be here in, like, he'll be here in 10 days. I was like, cool. That gives me five days, three days. I'm counting in my head. I was like, we got three days. I can, give, I can deal with it in three days. And these guys are good. They'll do a show in three days. And that, that means, like, they, they work nine hours a day. And they'll they'll they can put up a show in three days. And get the choreography and, and the they lines come in, and they and come the in knowing they come in knowing all the lines. They come in knowing the music. They know what they're getting into when they sign these contracts. They're vastly um, more professional than I am. Right. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> so that was fine. Patrick's fine. And then a couple days later, uh, Sandy, <laughs> the squirrel, the squirrel. Uh, well, she took a trip, which was fine. It was in her contract, and it was completely fine until she came back and she blew hot for COVID. So ah, Sandy's ooh. out. Sandy's out for a week. So I was like, "Cool, Sandy, the squirrel, Sandy the squirrel." Sandy. So we did a lot of Skype. Maybe uh, a lot those of uh, cheeks were too. Big. Yeah, maybe <laughs> cheeks were too much. They were too Sandy. They're too Sandy. And, and then, unfortunately, and this part's not at all funny, but we lost uh, Karen, the computer. Her father died. Aww. So in 16 days, I lost three primary actors. Um, we only took one day of delay. So we had to turn people away for one night, and we opened incredibly successfully and Ooh. packed house. That's and, impressive. Yeah. And it's, it's still running, and it's, yep. been, and it's really well done. And it's by uh, Thingamajig Theater Thing Company. Th yeah, Thingamajig Theater Company in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, right outside, right outside of Durango. Oh. That's amazing. Um, and they're also doing Guys and Dolls, SpongeBob, and um, Bright Star. And Ooh. so they change the set every night. Yeah. That's, that's their job. Uh, yeah. That's their contract. Yep, that's their job. It's not like they were asking them to do something they weren't fully prepared to do, but that's their contract. They were also running kids' camps. Oh they're God. also doing gala spectacles. So like, an actor's life really is all about just living the life and you really are just wow you're owned for nine wow. hours out of the day well i mean good lord kudos to you so how about that everybody yeah. Yeah. Huh? right yeah Thank you. um so after that happened you went to rehab for all the drinking you did actually no, yeah that's yes. okay. yes. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of drinking <laughs> We talked about this. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. We discussed this prior. It was a very nice token. Damn it, Aaron. Um, 
I do have to say we have one more sponsor, and we're going to get into them at the end of tonight's recording and episode. We have four gift cards from Frackleton's Restaurant here who we're going to give out to some of our advanced ticket buyers. So thank you for buying in advance. And a treat for you is you'll get to come out for another treat with uh, somebody who you might have brought with you. Okay. Woo. So... Um, are we ready for this? Do you want to, um, or should we keep talking? Well, I think it's important. No, no, we don't have any clue. Dustin and I are clueless. I have as no to idea what, what the topic what's is going to go down. I'm doing my absolute best to guard my Aaron, script. From Aaron them. is a cruel bastard. He's girding his, he's girding his <laughs> script. If you were wondering, Aaron Odom, mm -hmm. cruel bastard. I can't get I'm anything out of this guy. Getting cards made. Um, awesome. So, awesome. for those of you who may not have ever seen or heard Euripides' Humanities, this is the theater podcast, the theater history podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. For each episode, I, Aaron Odom, there we go, thank you, I host a guest or guests from the worldwide theater community to talk about a bizarre, fascinating, or humorous story from theater history. And one catch, the guests have no idea what we're going to be discussing. Right. None. None. Okay? None. So, um... In preparation, though, for this, I did give you a hint. Yeah. I yeah. gave you a little bit of a hint. A, a yeah. Vaguely. A vague, vaguely. A, a vague hint. A poorly so, written article. It was a bad, it was <laughs> a bad <laughs> hint. It was? It was the okay. worst hint I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'm there's sorry. too many. It was a broad topic. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I, I would like naked both of you to take some time to tell our guests what, what, you, what you saw. So, basically, article reviewing a version of... The Graduate, done for the theater. And uh, basically, the uh, writer was unimpressed with the one minute mm -hmm. yep, of nudity mm -hmm. by a former Dallas star, which, I mean, mm -hmm. like, if she killed JR, sign Ooh, me up. Right, right. Uh, Verl, can we get the picture of Morgan Fairchild up on the screen here, please? M Morgan okay, there we go. Fairchild. There she is. Yeah, Bam. all right. She appeared naked Ooh. for one minute. One minute. What, one minute, sixty seconds. Okay, and, and Dustin, that's a, the kind of the impression you got. Yeah, it was actually a little bit objectifying. I was a little yeah, like yeah. I wanted to make sure that the article was at least written by a woman because if it, like, and it was, it was, I, it was, yeah, yeah. It, it was. But I also like was switched around. I was in the first sentence. It was like, let's be clear, she gets naked, and I was mm -hmm. like, what is this a review? Yeah, this is a terrible review. I don't okay. care about that. Right. Um, also, did you see the graduate? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. Did you see the play or even yeah, the, or movie. the movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So it was. I it was. It was a bit. Um, she used a lot of. Uh, what do I say? Like a, a ten dollar words for a fifty Ooh. cent article. Mm, okay. I mean, it was. She was really. Agreed. And I was very confused. I was like, what did you want us to talk about? Her writing skill mm. or the inability for people to so automatically. Or her fear of the naked female form. Ooh. Is that what is that what it was? I kind of feel like the whole thing was mm. her being they were naked, so this can't have any artistic value. Mm. Yeah, I felt like well, that too. And also it was one of those ones where it was like that's all they focused on, and it wasn't about why she was. Right. It was all about well, this is going to sell tickets. Come see her nude, and I was like, yeah, but, but that's not what. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but the lead, she, the way she critiqued the lead actor was like he, she was like he did a poor performance. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah he yeah, very much. Yeah. She, uh, okay, she blah, blah. very much okay. phrased it. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll put a, a little bit of context around this. Thank this, you. This is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, asked for that for weeks. This, uh, <laughs> for anybody who knows my history, I was in Seattle and, and acting professionally for a little while, and this was an article in the Seattle Times um, that appeared right after I had gotten there. Um, this, the first show I did in Seattle, this uh, reviewer also critiqued my show. Uh-oh. And it was a show that centered around three women returning to their hometown uh, to deal with the funeral of their mother. And two of them had uh, romantic men in their lives. And I was one of those. Sounds like the worst Mama Mia I've ever heard. It was terrible. Time. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you two my father? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, these women, I mean, they carried the show. They had, you know, 80% of the, the dialogue and everything. And then the other guy and I were just kind of there to pick them up when they fell down and everything. And, and, and these women got paragraphs each on their performances and the direction and the setting. And then one line... The men in supporting roles were just as good. Hey, you were just as good. I know, I know. You were just as good. So all of that stuff that they wrote, yeah, this is where she came from. But anyway, great without the R. (laughs) (laughs) So let me go ahead and talk about the graduate just a little bit, okay? Now for those. Hello, Mrs. Robinson. Oh yeah, here we go. Some Simon Garfunkel. Sorry if you. Mm-hmm. If you're a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan, my big beef with that movie is that <laughs> Scarborough Fair and Hello, Mrs. Robinson is not the best of their catalog. I know. And they're the only two songs. Right, right. Where's the boxer? Right. Yep. Okay. Anyway, so The Graduate, the play, is a stage adaptation of the classic 1967 Dustin Hoffman film in which a recent college graduate has an affair with an older married woman but eventually runs off with her daughter. Is that supposed to be scandalous according to today's like standards? I don't <laughs> today's scandalous. It didn't standards. track at all. Right. Like, <laughs> no. No. I mean, in, in today's in today's time, the graduate would be called Thursday. Yeah. yeah okay. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Okay. I, I think <laughs> most of us can probably recall the image of Anne Bancroft rolling her nylons down on her leg from the poster. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, okay. Okay. There you go. Okay. The graduate, the play, opened on Broadway at the Plymouth Theater on April 4th, 2002, and closed on uh, March 2nd, 2005, uh, 2003, after 380 performances. So, not, not, bad not bad for a non musical. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not a bad run. Yeah. The play opened with Jason Biggs uh, from G- American Pie. Jason the pie Biggs. fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> not, 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 and this is right a, after he was in the American they Pie been movies. Better. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your $100 ticket. We now present <laughs> the Pie Fucker. And <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Correct. I feel like Sorry, I Dustin Hoffman would have been better no, in the don't. role at that time <laughs> at his age. Okay. Now, opposite him in the role of Mrs. Robinson was Kathleen Turner. Okay. okay. All right. She was replaced a couple times on Broadway during the run, and when it went to the West End, model Jerry Hall, uh, one of Ooh, one okay. of okay. Mick Jagger's, yeah, you know, off Yes. Okay. So that casting was solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the women, the female casting was solid. The men were also good. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> also good. Now. <laughs> now, when the play went on tour in America, uh, Verl, could we see Morgan Fairchild one more time? Morgan Fairchild played the seductive Mrs. Robinson. Her? Okay, now. Hello, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. 
Now, I'm going to read a little bit, and Dustin kind of referred to it a little bit ago. This is what uh, Seattle Times critic Misha Burson wrote in her overwhelmingly Ugh. negative review. Quote, let's get one thing out of the way. Yes, Morgan Fairchild does appear buck naked in the Paramount Theater in The Graduate. This strategically lit nude scene takes up about a minute of the two-act touring production. Never underestimate, I'm sure pun intended here, the titillation factor. That's a hook. For those of you looking <laughs> yeah. and writing an essay, that's what we call a hook. It's bad. Continuing on. <laughs> Clearly, casting a, air quotes, mature, but well-preserved actress, a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing oh, naked. Oh, no, as I was actually just looking at that from the neck up. That looks preserved. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In plastic. I know, but she's had done. Okay. Work. <laughs> let, me, let me start over. Clearly, casting a mature but well-preserved actress, a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing naked as the predatory Mrs. Robinson. Who says that? Is one smart ploy. End quote. I mean... She's the... What, she's the ploy? Yeah. She's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get people to come see this because there's a hot lady naked on stage. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. yeah that's okay. yeah. And from what I understand, the most of the scene was backlit. So, oh, so she's a silhouette. She's in silhouette. That's... that's a, so yeah. you saw, that's, that's you the way saw it's done. an outline. Yeah. That's the so way it's my done. question is... Mm -hmm. What's her pose in that particular? Because I mean, it didn't matter. It was is, a silhouette. is this the TikTok silhouette? Well, but yeah, yeah okay. There are some. Uh, as a photographer, I'm telling you, some silhouettes are very different than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I have taken some backlit photos as well. But question, I wouldn't know. No, 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 Dustin, you wouldn't know. Um, uh, anybody who's listened to my oh, show dick. before <laughs> knows that uh, if you go back and listen to my episode, uh, uh, Dustin Hebert's, uh, oh, he's gone, okay. Uh, <laughs> and his theater horror story was about a time when he appeared in the full Monty and was supposed to be strategically backlit, but somebody decided to push the wrong button. I was strategically backlit. And frontlit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> on special Late. drink night for ladies' night. It was a uh, ladies' night, two yep. for one drink specials. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <Ooh>. So um, <laughs> let's go ahead and take that image out for all. Um, uh, I do have to say, though, that this is not the first time that a play has been a buzz due to onstage nudity. Well, In May 2022, 2022. pictures leaked online of the Broadway production of Take Me Out. Yeah, that's the... Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Although yeah. many measures were taken to prevent audience members from bringing their cell phones into the performance, one made it in anyway, and pictures went viral online. The pictures were of Grey's Anatomy actor Jesse Williams. Can we see that, Viral? Wait, we're not going to show the... Okay, good. <laughs> What's like, wrong with... Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Cool! <laughs> and you're the closest to the screen. That would have been something. <laughs> right. Jesse Williams appeared completely nude in one scene. Okay. Now this play was written shaved like a baby or no? Uh, I am not at liberty to discuss. Uh, <laughs> That's this, a yes. <laughs> this play was written in 2002 by playwright Richard Greenberg, and the play tackles a lot of issues that are still prevalent in major league sports, such as homophobia, class, racism, and toxic masculinity. And the play takes place in a locker room. In the locker room. Shocker. Of a fictional major league baseball team. Okay. Jesse Tyler All Ferguson. All <laughs> If it were a musical, I would hope that would be a number. 
<laughs> Boy, damn Yankees is really taking a turn. <laughs> I prefer to bunt. <laughs> Whatever Lola wants. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we got it, Lola. Thanks. Now, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from the sitcom Modern Family, uh, he was in the play, and albeit fully clothed, uh, he had this to say. Take Me Out is a very unique play in which there are shower scenes and celebrities. I don't think those two uh, match up on stage too often. No. <laughs> no. 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 In fact, no. rarely. No. No. Well, I mean, technically, it's difficult to have a shower no. on stage. Well, but yes, also, but like the a celebrities will thing. oftentimes... And let's... <laughs> let's for like, Hitchcock. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> Correct. Oftentimes, they'll have a stand-in. Right. For those nude scenes. Like, it'll be in their contract. Oh, as, yeah, yeah, I yeah. won't do this. Stunt cock. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or it'll be implied, or they'll have somebody else in silhouette right. that, will, right. that will portray right. that because of the exact problem that we see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Jesse Williams, who was the subject of the pictures that were taken illegally, said that. He wasn't really too concerned about them, saying, quote, our job is to go out there every night, no matter what. I'm not really worrying about it. I can't sweat that. They're swinging for the fences. <laughs> Jesus. I expect this episode to be well, full of puns. <laughs> I can't help. <laughs> Although, in the same interview, <laughs> Jesse Williams also said, quote, theater is a sacred place. Everybody doesn't necessarily respect or regard that in a way maybe they should. End quote. Nothing. I mean, he's he's entirely right, but he's there's a level of ignorance there that exists. Mm. Okay. Correct. Um, anybody that expects not to be ever filmed has never been around <laughs> a bunch of teenagers, <laughs> right? Or because the full Monty. Or <laughs> <laughs> when I did the full Monty, <laughs> it was 2010. So the mm. best that they could come up with was maybe a Motorola Razor. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, that damn a, it, I, I only got one gig. That was a big, ah, oh, nope, only 32 text messages on this phone. We can't <laughs> roll full. Uh, the flip phone didn't have a wide enough lens. That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> correct. <laughs> Roaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's a thing, though. Like, it's changed correct. a little bit. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Of course, this hasn't exactly been the first time that a big to-do was made about an actor appearing nude on stage. So I didn't really want to talk. I, I didn't bring you guys to talk here about uh, Take Me Out tonight. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have skirted around it a Why little bit on several of <laughs> yeah. my episodes. Hold on. Now, I will More tell you. More confusion. Stage nudity was probably actually a thing during the Greek era and probably during the Roman era as well. But I don't really plan on giving you a full breakdown of the history of stage nudity. No. Today. Okay. Yeah, hey. No. But... Really, you should know that it has basically been a staple of the American stage throughout the 20th century and beyond, but not necessarily always in theater. It's been on stage, but not necessarily in the art of theater. I've talked about things like the Ziegfeld Follies. Right. Okay? I mean, you know, leggy showgirls. Vaudeville, like vaudeville yeah, heavy you know, vaudeville yeah. influence. Yeah, m musical reviews like these and other burlesque yep. shows would yep. uh, often include nudity. Now, while the 1968 musical Hair has uh, in the first scene, right? Well, no, it did, uh, no, 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 I'm familiar, I'm more familiar of, with the soundtrack than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it did yeah. have an optional nude scene for most actors, but two men 
actually were supposed to be the ones that got naked. They were facing away from the audience and pulled off their clothes to protest police action. And others could join in, like, if they felt like it, man. So you saw some tushes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, saw some boobs. Saw some, saw some yeah. tushes. But it was only about 20 seconds long, and most flesh was obscured by colored lighting and projections of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> unless, they weren't, unless they weren't working that night. <laughs> and then, Here's then a quote. you saw everything. Here's a quote. Indeed, the scene happened so quickly and was so dimly lit that it prompted Jack Benny during the intermission at a London preview to quip, did you happen to notice if any of them were Jewish? <laughs> I get the joke. Uh, I mean, I, mean yeah. I get the joke. Correct. <laughs> yes. Now, nudity in the art of theater formally developed... Oh, I know why I'm here. ...in the contemporary <laughs> age... I know why I'm here I'm now. still confused. ...with the play, <laughs> Oh, Calcutta. Right. No okay, I'm, I'm hearing some. Uh, Explain. Can we, can we see the uh, image of Oak Calcutta? Yeah, there we go. Oh, hey. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I don't um, get it. It's the big chill, but better. <laughs> <laughs> this was conceived by British theater critic Kenneth Tynan, and the title comes from a play on words of the French cat call, and I'm going to murder this. My French is terrible, but we'll try it. Oquel culture. Anybody know French? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, basically, okel kutua means nice ass. Oh, that's another one I got to remember. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> let, let me write that down. Okay, so okel kutta was meant to be an extravaganza and review of strictly erotic nature. 1969. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just. But that just yeah. tracks for the yeah. year. I mean, they're, they're just love. getting it. It's summer of love. It's, yeah. it's, it's your, yeah. it's your uh, yeah. sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Kenneth yeah. Tynan requested prominent playwrights and other artists to submit sketches or vignettes about, quote, the pursuit of happiness through sex. Lots of hair and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> At least some. <laughs> <laughs> Now, some of the scenarios that the, some of the scenarios that actually made it to the final product were written by playwrights Sam Shepard and Samuel Beckett, yeah. and one was even written by legendary musician John Lennon. Yeah, mm -hmm. fair enough. For the opening number, the entire cast appeared on stage in bathrobes. Got you. And what's <laughs> partway through the opening number, the entire cast removed their bathrobes and were hardly seen with any other clothing throughout the rest. Of the performance. Okay, I get that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, they got to get it out of the way. Right. Yeah. You just right. like okay. Let, there's no tease about this. There's more of a story involved. Let's just here you go. This is what yep. you get. Here Which you is a line I've used. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. This is what you get. <laughs> or, or, Ta-da! <laughs> Bam. Foreplay is not in your vocabulary. Okay. Nope. No. Good to know. No. Good yeah. to know. Okay, so here's some quotes from the cast of O Calcutta about the process. Is anybody say ta-da? No. Damn. No, unfortunately no. not. Uh, here's, here's a uh, quote from actor Raina Barrett. I followed all the audition offers. I saw that one. It mentioned nudity. And I thought, well, we don't know how much nudity. I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have to ask yourself how much nudity, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Like, I, I mean, what am I good for, like, a, a butt cheek? Like, is there a, a nudity yeah. scale? Or, 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 like, okay, 30 seconds? Of yeah, it? is okay. it timed? Yeah. Is it right. backlit? Yeah. Is the impression, is the idea of nudity, is that, like, a factor in there? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. She, yeah. didn't, she no. didn't really go on. Uh, here's a quote from Alan, I'm going to say his name wrong probably, Alan Rachens, who is a longtime recurring character on TV's L.A. Law. Good quality L.A. law. Uh Yeah, yeah. It was very difficult. You're not just naked, you're vulnerable. I felt extremely vulnerable. (laughs) I feel like that's what acting with Corbin Burton is like. (laughs) (laughs) He said that another actor suggested an NIL, a no intercourse law. And as far as I know, people adhered to it. As far as he knows. As far as he knows. He Clearly, just, he, he is the unattractive gentleman in the photo. I don't know which one he is up there. Listen, at least can we just he's celebrate the, He's the, the one with the John Holmes mustache for sure. <laughs> for sure. Can we just celebrate the athleticism of the guy upside down? Like Correct. That <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and here's one more. And I think this is the one with the John Holmes mustache. Bill Macy. Not... William H. Macy, but Bill Macy, who was a series regular in Maud, the 1970s sitcom, said this. The nudity didn't bother me. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Nudity is a real regional thing. Yeah. Like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that works. Yes. It's very regional, depending upon like people's skittishness with, with nudity and with the acceptability of... like. How you do stuff. Uh, anybody familiar with the musical Rock of Ages? Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. show changes depending upon the region in which it's performed. Yep. How so? Yeah. Well, so it's the 1980s. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's um, that. So everyone's naked doing cocaine. No, it's just, <laughs> no, the gesticulation. Yeah. But like, it's but it not, depends it's on where you are. It depends on where you are about how much they can crank it up. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Because Fair people enough. in the larger cities along the coasts are less def- less affected, or less sh- there's less really? shock value yeah, yeah. based on nudity. Because you walk down the streets in New York. I, I was walking <laughs> through San Francisco once. Just San Francisco, right? I, mean, I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'm going to walk from here to there. Turns out I forgot about the elevation changes. And there was... Um, <laughs> I, I think I probably counted four or five naked people along the way. Yep. Yeah. And they were yeah. just... That well, sounds it like was, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was yeah. just they were yeah. just... How many naked. of them were defecating in the street? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just curious. As performance, there was there was definitely there's I mean there's I always that moral a- issue that you talk about with nudity. Yeah, and there's always that issue of like, uh, you know, is mental stability to be right. clothed and that factor of shame yeah. and. Well. Well, like this is what you get. There was a reason that I used that line. Yeah, I mean, right? Fair like enough, it's fair it's always a fair thing, but but it definitely you wouldn't see that walking down the streets of Sheridan. No. What? Maybe may, uh, maybe no. during rodeo. No, maybe no? during rodeo. It would be at like three a.m. rodeo <laughs> Friday. Yeah, this was like one o'clock in the afternoon outside of a Starbucks. So oh, it's okay. a little yeah. bit different. He was just waiting Correct. in line. He was just okay. hanging out. Well, here's um. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Here's <laughs> hanging out. Oh, oh, that's wait, 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 wait. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's low-hanging fruit, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't that low? <laughs> Must have been cold. Uh, it was right. cold. Was All right. In the New York Times about O Calcutta, critic Clive Barnes wrote, "There is no more innocent show in town, and certainly none more witless." 
Oh, Calcutta, he suggested, is a kind of show to give pornography a dirty name. Mm -hmm. How How was the story? Clearly, they haven't seen the same pornography I have. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you you couldn't fast forward? (laughs) Or what's the deal? Like, what's this guy's issue? I don't know. Okay. Now, slow. (laughs) Oh, Calcutta. Debuted in 1969 off-Broadway and soon transferred to the Belasco Theater on Broadway, where it eventually closed after 1,314 performances. New York loves his Yeah, four times as much as... uh, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It opened on the West End on July 27, 1970, after transferring only once during its run, and it closed in February... 1980. Yeah, it's 10 years. Ooh. That's pretty good. After yeah. 3,918 performances. Do you hear the people sing? Like that's, <laughs> that's right before they're like, let's get something else in here. <laughs> it went to Broadway in September 24th, 1976. Remember I said it opened in 1969 off-Broadway and did have a very short run on Broadway, but it got revived 1976 and closed... On August 6, 1989, after 5,959 performances since 1969. I made the joke earlier of (laughs) Les Mis, and that's funny, but it was cheap. But you're telling me that that show survived. Yep, correct. Cats, Phantom, Les Mis. Yep. Uh, yeah. Into the woods, every like <laughs> multiple Sondheim shows that premiered yep. during that during that time. Yeah. That show survived that. It was the longest running review in Broadway history. Not technically a musical, uh, and second longest running revival, just after Chicago. Is it still the longest running review? Uh huh. Wow. Whoa. Mm-hmm. It is still the eighth longest running show in Broadway history. Wow. And it was adapted to film. That's a big deal. In 1972. Now I'm thinking that banner's not large enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So since then, stage nudity hasn't necessarily become a regular convention in major commercial theater markets like Broadway or the West End. But it isn't necessarily a surprise to see. I mean, I saw Rent in a national tour in 1997 in in Minneapolis. And the character Maureen takes down her pants to moon the character Betty during the song La Vie Bohème. Mm-hmm. But she's still at least wearing a thong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this okay? <laughs> to my surprise, or maybe somewhat to my delight, no appropriateness police came out to drag her off stage, and the show went on as normal. Have you ever seen a woman moon you with a thong? Are you complaining about that? This is not open forum for that kind of discussion. <laughs> Lock it up. Fair enough. <laughs> Lock it up. <laughs> Lock now, it up. Now, <laughs> this is not always the case that this is just okay. Sometimes shows get a lot of notoriety because of the nudity on stage or sometimes because of who is nude on stage. Oh, wait. Okay. All right, go. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so you're... T- <clears throat> sure hey, hey uh, uh, Burrell, can I get the uh, picture up of uh, Nicole Kidman, please? Yes. See? Called <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Called you it. did. Ah. Is this size wide shot? Okay. In 1989... No, it's not. Nicole Kidman did a play in London called The Blue Room. And she took on this role based on a few factors. 
The fact that renowned playwright David Hare had adapted the controversial turn of the century, like this was written like 1908, is a play called La Ronde into a modern day commentary on the nature of sex in modern day London, okay? She took a role on another factor. The fact that the play was to be directed by then up and coming director Sam Mendes, who is famous for multiple offerings on the London stage, but those of us today will recognize that name for directing such films as American Beauty, 1917, and Skyfall. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love that there's that video that's, uh, you know, I think it's a, an honest trailer of Skyfall, and they're like, let's get the director whose most famous action scene before this was the bag blowing in the wind. Yes, correct. It's video. the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, Aaron. No, I'm sorry. That's what sorry. happens when you try to make James Bond artsy. It just doesn't <laughs> right. work. No, no. We don't want to see visual. We don't want to mm -hmm. see uh, lighting changes. We don't want to see any no. sort no. of like no. glows no. or general. No, yeah. just okay. And show the car. Miss Kidman. Yeah. yeah. Show the car. Show, show the, the car. car. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Ms. Kidman took this role on the fact that big-time movie stars like to seal in their acting credentials quite often by appearing in evocative stage productions. Okay, but hold on. Uh -oh. Are you going to jump? Okay, so this is the problem with these, is that I want to jump in and go, oh, yeah, but there's, hold on, can Harry Potter's up next? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Equus? Well, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yes, you do. Don't lie. You're we're smarter than me. We're talking about Nicole Kidman here, so just give it a second. She okay? was good in Moulin Rouge. That was yeah. Her. Well, okay. <laughs> now, for all of these reasons, actor Nicole Kidman agreed to star in the play *The Blue Room*, which opened at the Donmar Warehouse in London on September 24th, 1998. She starred opposite Ian Glenn, who played the ever faithful Jorah Mormont in all seven seasons of *Game of Thrones*. Uh, Look at that handsome young man, right? His hand's not right. I'm glad he's at all. not ripped. Gener Gener <laughs> I'm glad he looks like a normal, like not yeah. like a like a guy that's like eh, at the gym. Daenerys should have picked him. That's no, right. yo, because there were yeah, guys no. like I don't no. need to go to the if I knew if I'm gonna be when I was naked on stage, I did not eat. <laughs> there was no food, <laughs> there was no beer, there was no food. Uh -huh. <laughs> there was just like, well, this is gonna have to happen. So, <laughs> so twenty pounds from like two weeks down. Hey. You're like, well, this is gonna now. I'm now we can do this. But I'm glad like that yeah. existed where he's like, yeah, I'm just the everyman of nudity uh, up against yeah. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Well, but Nicole okay. Kidman's so yeah. pasty, you couldn't see any detail oh. anywhere. <laughs> she was naked. It would have just what? been bright white light. <laughs> It's just humans, and okay. that's what that's Correct. the whole point. Okay. Is it's Correct. just humans? We're not. We've all seen boobs. <laughs> <laughs> have we though? I hope so. Okay. Well, I mean, I as adults. So let me let me jump back into the blue room here for just a second. Okay, the blue room is a play that is basically a series of couples having sexual relationships and then breaking up. Okay, whoever broke up yep. with their partner in one scene found the new lover in the next scene, even though they were the only two actors in the play. So, so it's like everybody's twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody, but <laughs> no, everybody. I mean, Definitely some people might. go on missions. So like to, most people to, to have tons of sex in their twenties. <laughs> some That's some people's twenties. So each actor played five characters each for a total of ten vignettes. Oh, were they separate characters in each scene, yeah. or did they play the same uh, character? No, they didn't play through. the same character. The, like uh, they'd start out with like. A and B, yeah. right? And then A would be like, I'm breaking up with you, B, and then go on to C, 
And then C and A would be in a in a relationship, and C would be like, "I'm done with you." And then C would move on. Do we have a visual C. for this? Yeah. No. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you want a visual about Nicole Kidman appearing in the blue room? Shame on no. you. No. Yes. However, the real story was that Nicole Kidman was not only to simulate many sexual acts on stage, but mainly that she would be seen nude on stage for at least ten minutes. Was that in her contract? Least ten minutes. Uh-huh. That was in her in contract. contract. That's a big deal. Yeah. Now, for those of you keeping track, this is 1998. And 10 minutes is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long okay. time. I mean, this was a I've year. Heard. This was a. <laughs> 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 you give me dog. Yeah, everything dog. Everything. Uh, okay. Let's just keep in mind that this is the Nicole. <laughs> this is the Nicole Kidman that we saw a year later in a very sexually explicit film. Eyes, Eyes wide, wide shut. shut. I called it. <laughs> did call it. Which begins with a sequence in which Miss Kidman's character is seen changing out of a slinky evening gown, and her entire backside can be seen right before the title card is displayed. Well, but eyes wide open, you're blinded by pasty. <laughs> oh, come on! But this is this is the <laughs> first thing you see in this movie. Yeah, yeah it sets yeah, the yeah, tone. Well, it sets yeah, the tone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this movie's gonna be shit. <laughs> <laughs> At the Donmar Warehouse, where the Blue Room played, the front row is 12 feet from the actors. So they can smell everything. (laughs) No, no, that tracks. Uh I've been there. I got that. It is said. Were the lights hot? I would hope so. It is said that the tickets were being bought and resold by scalpers for 1,000 pounds each. Wow. What What year was this? 1998. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. about $1,500, which is more than you'd pay to go see Hugh Jackman uh, in, in Music, Music Man. Man. Right. More than Hamilton tickets. More than Hamilton. Yeah. Those, yeah. Are, those are some pretty good tickets. Yeah, yeah. And they, they got bought out, sold out. Yeah, night, 100%. Many of the reviews from the play didn't really say much other than Nicole Kidman got naked. That was pretty much the story. Well, isn't that, yeah. 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 Uh, never mind that her co-star, Ian Glenn, appeared on stage nude much more prevalently in the play, at one point, even executing a cartwheel on stage completely nude. That sounded terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting the visual, hold on. Is two this sets after of things <laughs> You got you got a full rotation and then a mini rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you yeah. stop and yeah. you and stick the landing. And then it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you stick the landing? You don't. <laughs> you hope for the best. You <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> I'm just saying. This was also when Miss Kidman was married to megastar Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Oh. And that's how the became far and away. <laughs> He was frequently in attendance of the performance of the Blue Room. He was like, I'd love to see what a taller man does with (laughs) (laughs) this. Did he have a hard time handling the truth? Oh, he he can't handle it? (laughs) Thank you, the puns! Great! Now, one critic put it this way. Quote, as Mrs. Tom Cruise shared one better another with Mr. Glenn... The, I, the audience was simultaneously peering at Mr. Tom Cruise to see how he was reacting. He was the, standing on the couch, screaming. <laughs> Jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, a, continuing the quote. 
The stage was at times a little too crowded, as there were in effect three people in a play written for two. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't come to see, yeah. yeah. As soon as word got out that Tom Cruise was there, yeah. then they get like a two for one, three for one. Right. Four for one with the count with the extra spin. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> the same reviewer, the same reviewer went on to say that Kidman's stage presence was really quite powerful, but it w- that it was unfortunate that her performance was overshadowed by her naked rear end. But as critic Charlie Spencer famously put it, Tom Kidman- Ward is a hat. <laughs> Charlie Spencer said, "The blue room was." Pure theatrical Viagra. Okay, that's a bad pun. <laughs> I make good puns. That's cheap. That's a cheap pun. And that that became like lore on the British stage and British critics circuit. They were like, remember when Charlie said that? Remember what he said. Pure yeah. Viagra. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what I brought you here to talk about. <sighs> Tom was like, his performance was flat. The worst tease I've ever yeah. had in my entire life. As mentioned about Nicole Kidman, sometimes actors test their abilities on stage as a way of stretching themselves as artists. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) 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 Some do cartwheels. I hope he stretched ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, so... So at least Dustin and I can understand this, but a lot of people have heard about this. I mean, there is a very stark difference between stage acting and screen acting. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there is the option in screen acting where you do get the chance to do it over and over again until it feels right. I mean, you don't even have to be opposite the other actor giving that performance. Every, yeah? It's a controlled environment. Yeah. Screen acting is a controlled environment right. that allows you to redo things if something doesn't feel right. right. Stage, oh, it's all it's all right there. You're there, you're it's going. done, it's you Beginning mess up your end. cartwheel. You're making stage performance sound like a prison shower. It is <laughs> awful. Stage performance You're there for the whole thing. <laughs> yes. Stage performance is one of those ones uh. where you just that's it. Yeah. And, and whatever you put out there, mm-hmm. it's done, and you just have to right. apologize and move on, right. like my 20s. <laughs> you just apologize and move on. We're hearing a lot about your 20s today. <laughs> right? So do a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> and we're hearing a lot about actors putting out. Yeah, or on. Not. Or on. Uh, on. Yeah. On. Putting Correct. it on stage. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. On February 27th, 2007, a play opened at the John Gielgud Theater in London and had a successful eight-week run. But its buzz was so palpable that the same production and creative team made the transition to Broadway in September 2008. The play was a revival that premiered in 1973, made its transition to Broadway in 1975, Sorry. ran through 1977 in a production that ran on Broadway for a total of 1,209 performances. It won the Tony for Best Play in 1975. And remember, this is a time when O Calcutta was one of the best-selling tickets in town. Varel, could we get an image of the uh, poster, please? The play was... bad. (laughs) Harry Potter. Peter Schaffer's Equus. And when it played on both London and New York, it prominently featured the the star of the Harry Potter film series, Daniel Radcliffe. If you would have told me what this was about, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but no, you're like, I'm going 
keep it secret. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, but I want to include something. Okay. And you're like, yeah, uh, so, that's an so entire paragraph. Uh, let's, let's take a look at Harry Potter there, Dan Radcliffe, if we could, please. Yeah, there he is. Yep. There he is. Look yep. at all the I like how his nipples look like the horse's eyes. What are you talking about? Okay. Look, go to the next one. Yeah. Hey, let's go back to that poster, bro. <laughs> um, let me tell you, uh, everybody who might not be, pr- uh, you know, profoundly uh, incensed and entrenched in the uh, synopses <laughs> of, uh, of Equus. No. The idea. character, who is a psychiatrist, Martin Dysart, tells the audience about the case of his treatment of teenager Alan Strang who has a sexual attraction to horses Horses. and has developed a religion around horses. Dysart is treating the teen after Alan has blinded six horses with a steel spike following a failed sexual encounter with a girl in a stable. I know I'm in Sheridan. I'm not going to make a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe the one... This is horse country up here. (laughs) You don't make jokes like that. Know your audience. Know your audience. You don't make jokes. Yeah, no. Okay. That's horrible. <laughs> the play has strong yeah. themes about the dangers of being overtly devout in a faith, the potential dangers of completing rituals just to cleanse one's soul. Dysart himself tells the audience about a dream he has in which he's a holy man in ancient Greece slicing open the abdomens of children and removing their entrails just for the purpose of enacting a holy rite. As audience, are you more turned off by the sex talk or by the violence talk? Mm. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Show me some baby guts. I, yeah. I mean, no. No, no. Oh, 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 no. I mean, Whoa. No, no, no. Whoa. The reason why I said that is because uh, as audience members, we are de- more desensitized to violence yeah. and sex is more shocking. Mm. Mm-hmm. You haven't been having the sex I have. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was going to just talk about the horses, but that's fine, too. Let's not go. Okay. And, and, and pardon the pun, but the play also has themes involving the flaccidity of the life of a patient for whom psychotherapy has been successful. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts? Oh. Well, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe was used because he just got done doing oh, his Harry, Harry Potter. He yeah. was not done. Well, no, but he was in oh. the mid- he was yeah. he was in the midst. He mm-hmm. saw his he saw his Harry. I mean, so look, look at him. Look at him. Okay. There. Wait, that's because. not him. But like, if you look at him, he's too old at this point to continue to play a high schooler, a high schooler doing that. And so he's looking to flex. Right. Oh, so remember I mentioned the uh, failed sexual encounter in the in the plot. Yeah. There is at least a 10-minute-long scene in which both Alan and the young girl, Jill, are nude in a stable they both have connections to, and they attempt to have sex, but Alan is unable to become aroused that evening. He is distracted by the horses in the stable because, remember, he has formed his own religion around horses who he believes are his gods, and he believes that they are harshly judging him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. Well, this well, this piece was meant for shock value. I mean, it yeah. was meant for yeah. shock value. It's also allegorical in when mm-hmm. we talk about those sorts of things. And the horses mm-hmm. were just used as any any person that gets tied up in right. you know Indian. too much into uh, a belief structure mm-hmm. that that prevents them from doing things like that's just uh, part of part of the human condition at this right. point. Right. So yes. I mean, people went to go see Daniel Radcliffe naked. Though. We're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, Daniel yeah, Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. Harry people, Potter. People wanted to see which one chose the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
The, the sorting hat. Yes, yeah. yeah. There yeah, to see the yeah. sorcerer's stones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, like you've been saying, this is such a beautiful setup for an investor or producer. It's a formula that usually meets with success. You take a well-known play and put a movie star, a movie poster name and a face on all your marketing. And then the idea there will, there will be nudity? Advanced ticket sales went through the roof. Yes. Okay. Daniel Radcliffe had already cemented himself as an iconic pop culture actor and had been so since he was 11 years old. Everyone only knew him as Harry Potter. How old was he in this? I'm getting there. At the time it premiered, the most recent Harry Potter film that was released was the fifth, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. There were still three films to go in that series. So anyone who would see the play would from then on be looking at the actor who played Harry Potter with... New input. Yeah, new input. Yeah, it looks just like the lightning bolt scar. <laughs> it's just the lightning bolt. Was he Jewish? Okay. Um, Jeez, dude. Whoa. I'm glad that was, you guys That was Jack here. Benny. Um, <laughs> Richard Griffiths, who plays Dysart in the production, who also played Harry Potter's ghastly Uncle Vernon in yeah. the film series. Yeah. Oh no, Whoa. that guy's got chops though. Oh, I mean, my God. really good acting chops. Yes. If you look, what's the what's the British show that uh, he did? Uh, the History what, Boys. History Boys. History yes. Boys is fantastic, and that won several awards. For yeah, him. and yeah. he plays he plays a uh, uh, pervert, uh -huh. a, yeah. a, a perverted teacher. And so nothing changed. <laughs> well, no, he's got a type, and it tracked for that type. Yeah, and yeah. it's really yeah. cool. Like he, even Uncle Vernon, mm -hmm. which again, Harry Potter is just Star Wars with something else uh -huh. added yeah. to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Even, even Uncle Vernon decided, and he was probably already, I believe, in fact, I'm fairly certain that he was already classically trained and acted before Harry Potter. I can't in yes, stage yes. shows. He's I think been, he was. He, he was. He's Royal, been there. He was RSC. Yeah. I think he, Royal Shakespeare and Company. I, yeah. he may have been knighted. Yeah. I'm not, I can't, I can't. Are totally knights allowed to get nude? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they I'm have not to sure too their many sword people would at be some point. To <laughs> see Richard Griffiths. <laughs> now, Richard Griffiths said this about uh, Radcliffe. Uh, he, he explained that he had watched this boy grow from child star to an accomplished and nuanced young actor with promise. But it wasn't going to be easy for everyone to see him this way. Hmm. When the play opened in London... Was he, that a pun? Huh? That's a bad pun. Nope. I just know what I'm going to say here in just a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. When the, play opened with, uh, when the play opened in London, he had this to say. You keep forgetting that he is only 17. He handles himself with such aplomb. That's a pun. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, it was a testament from... Somebody we just have been saying is an incredibly accomplished actor. Seeing somebody at the cusp of realizing what he could be as an actor, and going, no, 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 he's really great. There's still the idea that a 17-year-old boy was nude on stage, and people paid tickets to go see that. That's a little. That's a little bit. Most of the audience here is going. Yeah, but the fact that like, but like, but they're not seeing a hair. They want to see a star. Okay. That's it's it's the it's the celebrity status that they wanted mm -hmm. to see. It okay. was more of that. It was more of the Nicole Kidman piece. Yep. Okay. I mean, I'm not justifying 17 year old nudity in any way, <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Now, 
Of course, that may have been why the play took so long to make the transition to Broadway. But by the how much did he get paid for that? Not as know. much as he made for Harry Potter. <laughs> well, obviously, I will tell you that maybe a couple grand a week. Yeah, yeah, probably for for a Broadway run, like mm -hmm. maybe three grand, four grand a week for a star in a Broadway. Now he might have had a different contract, but like they're not going to pay him as much as Harry Potter. He didn't make millions off fair, of Equus, right? But he wanted no. to play the character. Yes, and at least he and his proverbial acting partner already had a relationship through yeah. the movies. Right, right. And in no way does that justify seeing a 17-year-old naked on stage. No. Well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. But to, to be fair, I was naked under <laughs> the age of 17 in public of my own volition. <laughs> Despite the fact that I'm fully aware of stranger danger. <laughs> like, did, anyone, did anybody pay to see it? And not that I'm aware <laughs> of. Not that I'm aware of. But now, I was asked to... <laughs> To repeat the performance? <laughs> I wore clothes until I was 18. I was never naked. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, by the time the Broadway opening happened on September 25th, 2008, Radcliffe had turned 18 on July 23rd, 2007. Oh, so it was fine then. During because, because the that one yeah. day difference yeah. between yeah. when yeah. he was yeah. 17 and when he was uh -huh. 18, everything changed. Right. So, yeah. so by the yeah. time yeah. It all no, choices no, no. were fine. Yeah. By the time it premiered on Broadway, he was 19. So, of course, in Europe... So. There are a lot of differences about uh, what constitutes child pornography, and in England, you know, it was for a play. So I think somehow that made it okay. Yeah, He's it got did make it okay. Balls now it's fine. <laughs> it did make it okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Radcliffe wanted to prove his mettle as an actor as well. He'd really caught the acting bug during the Harry Potter series, and did not want his career to end with that series. He caught the money bug. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I really like this. You get paid millions of dollars to pretend. <laughs> right? Ooh! Why now, doesn't everybody do this? Now, hold on. Hold on. You even <laughs> yeah. said it. You even said it. This is not an easy piece. and we'll It's not an easy piece. So we'll be getting into this. Catching hold on. the acting bug because you're like, what's this $20 million check? <laughs> yeah. I believe I've caught the acting bug. <laughs> yeah. Correct, sir. I believe he's caught some sort of bug. But, like, yes. yeah. it's the money bug. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Checking his watch. He's like, you gotta move on. <laughs> I told you. We said a safe word to move forward. But you didn't do that. All right, all right, yep. all right, all right, all right. Okay, I'll turn it around here. <laughs> now, for a lot of parties who were watching this, they thought this was a topic of discussion as well. Watching, you know, I mean, the transition from child star to adult actor has a pretty poor success rate. Okay? While we can probably only name a handful of child stars who have since become accomplished actors... Most of them seem to end up ruining their lives for a little while due to a number of factors. Gary Cooper. Uh, Danny Bonaducci. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean you, you know, you're like, okay, name, name a successful child actor. Who, who hasn't gone through that, addicted to something. Oh, so ooh, Macaulay you know, Culkin's got out. Yeah. Arrested, well, I was going to say, Leonardo DiCaprio, Macaulay yeah. Culkin. I mean, yeah. Leo pulled Mono. himself out. Macaulay yeah. slowly did that. Uh-huh. Leo's Leo's now very accomplished, but even even uh, then, how about Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, Amanda Bynes. No, they're not doing I mean, anything. Lindsay Lohan's not doing anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. she's done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She retired. False. She's yeah. done. She's she's tired now. <laughs> <laughs> she, I got it out of my system. She hit her forties when she turned twenty. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I'm too tired. I can't do this anymore. Okay, now now here's a quote from Daniel Radcliffe about wanting to be seen seriously as an actor. If I went off and did another fantasy film, everyone would say he's not even trying. But if I went off and played a drug dealer, they'd say, God, he's trying way too hard. Fucking Guns Akimbo is not... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was a great movie. That was it, a great it, movie. It was, it was great, but, like, mm -hmm. 
That's, yes, but if he, that's not he a didn't, fucking like. That's not a boy that, wizard. That's not going, realistic. That's, <laughs> that's not fucking. You know, like he's got his hands stapled to guns. To guns, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. For those of you that yeah. don't know what guns akimbo is, this guy just oh wakes up one day with guns bolted to oh his yeah. hands, and he's and got he to, has kill to kill someone. somebody. So it's really based in a lot of reality. <laughs> um, total fact. Which not, I think not is fantasy. Fact. Not fantasy at no. all. It's like okay. South Central, but. But not <laughs> English people, right? But, but that's already after he had done a slew yes. of different oh, yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean, so oh, yeah. he had horns? Kind of established himself. Horns was it? Horns, yeah. Him. He he had established himself something as like, okay, this guy's got He's something like, I can after also Harry do Potter. This. Yes. yes, yeah. I did Equus staple those guns to my hands. <laughs> yes. yes, I want to feel it. Mm-hmm. Now, are See, we even getting into method acting at this point? No, no, no. Well, we're, uh, there's going to be a little bit of it, See? but not really, not really. Okay. We just did that last episode. I'm sorry you didn't listen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about Daniel Ouch. Day-Lewis doing Hamlet. Oh, Ouch. yeah. Oh. I read that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, you got to read that. All right, go back, and watch the, uh, like? go back and listen to the other episode. doing my left foot? Because now I have to listen what was to it. it like? Can you imagine his family? Like, come on, oh, Dad. Dude, we just talked pass about me that. the fucking potato. No, feed them in my mouth. Okay. So... Watching Daniel Radcliffe kind of blossom into this new, like, actual actor from being a child star, that's something that the production crew was really looking forward to as well. And I think they could all see that Radcliffe was a young artist with talent. They wanted to see how far he could take it. Director of the show even stated that she was so impressed with his personality that he wasn't Harry Potter at all, that he was very genuine and eager to create an impressive piece of art. Wasn't that the point? Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that the point of acting? He's uh-huh. a human being. That's not, well, I look mean, at that. Wow. He can do the thing. He can <laughs> yeah. do the thing that, that people work 20 years, 30 years, 40 years I know. as a to do. Look at, wow, wow. how cool he is. He. He's not Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> if if that was all sarcasm, if anyone hasn't catch that, that was completely... The job of an actor is to move from role to role and cease becoming, cease pretending... Because it's all pretend. If we what? get paid to pretend. Yeah. Doop-a-doo. Like, it's just fake. Make and believe. It's, give me my money. I make believe. Give me my money. Let's hear some audience laugh. And let's move forward. Okay. Um. <laughs> 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 but even more so, beyond everybody kind of like, hmm, he might actually have some chops here. The part is an immense acting challenge. Yeah, no. I mean, it can be argued that playing a person with severe mental and emotional disorders is no easy task, and some actors can get lost in the process and the character. So the play would be challenging anyway, especially for someone who, for the majority of his career, has become famous for playing one role. Yeah. And and a very, like, pure, good human being. Yes, yes. Not without without who, fault, without yes, without, without malice, without any exactly. level of, of, of moral deviancy. Yes. Right. And yet and he's jumping into super I'm, I gotta blind six horses after a failed sexual experience. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and there's nothing to tap into with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> got no, nothen- no. There. So has that ever happened? You, has you, that ever re- happened to you? How do you research? A lot of that. actors will go through, uh, like the, the characters from Rent, that that uh, they they researched homelessness in New York. They talked right. to a lot of a lot of AIDS patients at that time period to be able to encapsulate those characters and those feelings. Uh, I don't know how Daniel Radcliffe did his research. Mm. Uh, probably mm. without the blinding. Well, check this out. I I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe without the failed <laughs> sexual experience. <laughs> yes, this how is do you weird. Pra- how do you practice that? Anyway. You yes. don't. Uh, okay. You don't. 
Now, Radcliffe, at this point, had never acted on stage before. So he took his preparation very, very seriously. Now, but he was like, I have these millions of dollars, so if I fail, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> stakes were not necessary. <laughs> well, but to be fair, like for him, I guess stakes were kind of high because he wants well, to establish it about, himself. It, it was a as, status piece, yeah. yeah. Not only that, he was 18. His, his franchise is ending soon. So what's he going to do after that? I don't know. What right. would he do? Oh, no. Oh, Spend geez. money for the rest of his <laughs> fucking life? By the castle in right. which most of Harry yes. Potter took place? Yes. Okay, okay. So here's a quote. Purchase the country. Build Hogwarts. <laughs> here we go. Here's, here, here's a quote. He took extensive acting lessons. He learned the Alexander technique. He okay. did vocal exercises in which, given a text, he would read aloud just the vowels and then just the uh -huh. contents, uh, consonants. Okay, And here's a quote directly from Radcliffe. He said, bizarrely, it makes a massive difference in how you understand the text. We've done yeah, exercises yeah, 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 like that, right? Yeah. Okay. He learned how to project. He imagined that different parts of the room represented different sorts of emotion, and he ran back and forth between them, emoting. End quote. That is a that is a legitimate technique. Okay, and the Alexander technique, know. the Alexander technique is no joke. No, that's actually it's, really hard. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, it's it's kind of like a mind body like connection technique where you know it's a lot of relaxing and being attentive to the world around you, and that's in in a lot of cases it's not an easy thing for people. No, to it's do. it's just imagining yourself being incredibly vulnerable to every sound you make. Right. Um, have you ever stared at yourself in the mirror, and you point out all of your flaws? Yeah. Like humans do. Um, <laughs> I don't do that. You don't get to stand in front of the mirror. You just get to listen to yourself and recognize, oh, that's the sound I make. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's how my voice. Hey, I, I'm never comfortable either, A, watching my own work, watching works that I've performed in, or most importantly, listening to my own voice. Right. Which is why okay. I've yeah. never been able to listen to the <laughs> podcast that I did because <laughs> I sound like that. That's my voice. I sound weird. People loved it. <laughs> But I can't listen to it. And yeah. I don't know if anybody in the audience or anybody listening at home can listen to themselves. All right. We're, we're, uh, Matt has to excuse himself. We've fed him too much beer. <laughs> He's new to this. <laughs> He's kind of new to this, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we could probably do this next bit without him. Yeah, though. 100%. Um, okay. Who? Matt uh, who? I don't know. Now, of course, on top of all this preparation he did, there's still a 10-minute nude scene, which seemed to be a major focus of the press. Weird. Viral, could we see that marketing? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He gymmed up. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> that, that is what a lot of people said. They were like, ooh, Harry, po Harry Potter got hot. Harry Potter. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marketing was released that, to its credit, showed imagery of Radcliffe as the sexually frustrated young man, Alan, in the company of horses. It well, didn't show him killing the horses. No, though. no, no. And really, he just blinded them, so they were fine. <laughs> While many interested in the subject matter and difficulty of the play, many others focused on the physique of the Harry Potter actor. In most of the articles I found on this topic, almost Every one of them had at least one line, but sometimes even paragraphs devoted to asking Daniel Radcliffe about the nudity. Yeah, because sex sells. 
there is that. Like, but that, but, but not only sells money and tickets, but also is curious to right. to the human imagination. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, well, not about the, not about the, um, not about the immense trauma that a person <laughs> will experience while going through this process. Not oh about reliving. Having to, like, I mean, every time he sees a horse at this point. <laughs> no, because that's a thing. That's, yeah. that's seriously a thing. When mm -hmm. you're like, I, I stabbed six horses on stage. And if he's in the moment, yeah. and then he goes yeah. out and goes to his farm and goes riding his horses. First reactions? <laughs> uh, welcome back, man. Um, <laughs> sorry. This he's, is some of the imagery presented... As marketing. I'm going to cuddle these ponies and then I'm going to stab them in the fucking eye. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Okay. So, oh, Harry. So, just to let you know, most articles that I found devoted a lot of their uh, space to talking about the fact that there's a 10-minute nude scene. I have a question because I am unfamiliar. The horses were terribly offended. <laughs> <laughs> The horses were like, cover up, right? The American Equestrian um, Association has a lot to say about was, it. Was his acting partner nude as well? Yes, she was. Did she get any press? Verl, do we have that other shot, I think, uh, of uh, them in the stable? I like how you're asking, but you know oh, that but It's her back. Uh huh. Silhouetted. That's uh -huh. terrible. Uh huh. Something tells me she's more attractive than he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, here, saying, here she and is. And she did just stab horses in no, the eyes? No, but, but this is another image that was just generally available. Generally available. Generally available. People could just pick this up as part of their marketing. They did it like this because her chest is hairier than his. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> okay. Now, when asked about this, here are some of Daniel Radcliffe's responses to, what's it like being nude on stage? Here he says, <laughs> Breezy. <laughs> It is breezy. <laughs> it is very breezy Kay. on stage. It's Here cold. <laughs> it's cold. After the first couple of previews, I didn't really care anymore. The publicity all seemed to imply the nudity was gratuitous, which it wasn't at all. I, I don't think he gets to determine what's gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. I think the people get to determine what's gratuitous. We're the one we're looking at it, Daniel. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's, he should be in the moment. Kay. It shouldn't be gratuitous. Yeah, here's uh, his next quote. It never really was an issue. I don't know why, it probably should have been. I am terribly self-conscious. Although, I remember I did look at my dad once and say, do you think I could wear pants? Why would he... His dad... His, his, da dad, his dad. Like his dad dad? Like his, his father, yeah. his actual father. His father, like, as the producer? His father, or yeah. The horses don't mind, son. It's okay. No, so he did the Ben Platt where his dad was the producer, yeah. and his dad, yeah. was, his dad was, like, sort did of you covering know that? his contract. His dad was the producer on most, of the Pot, on most of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was a producer on this. No, but I'm sure his dad had some weight in saying whether or not he could wear pants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and quite obviously, no. Oh, I asked my dad that same question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. That's fine. <laughs> I, I asked tonight. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, one article had this to say. You could hear a pin drop in the auditorium when 17-year-old Daniel Radcliffe performed his naked scene with actress Joanna Christie, who plays his girlfriend. How old was okay. Joanna Christie at the time? Honestly, I think she was in her 20s. Fair enough. Right. Oh, <laughs> she's used to disappointment then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, um, here's another thing that Daniel Radcliffe had to say about being nude on stage. Uh, and this is a quote from another article. Mr. Radcliffe found he suffered on stage from what he called Michelangelo's David effect. 
Yeah. He explained, yeah. he, meaning David, wasn't very well endowed because he was fighting Goliath. There was very much of that effect. You tighten up like a hamster. The first time it happens, I turned around and went, you know, there's a thousand people here, and I don't think even one of them would expect you to look your best in this situation. <laughs> Tell us about the full Monty. <laughs> 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 and your co-stars were not horses. If anyone was wondering why I, why I was brought here tonight, <laughs> this would be the moment where he's like, you know who would know? <laughs> It's very cold. <laughs> but more importantly, you're not in... Just, was, it like, uh, what, was it like a hamster? <laughs> like uh, on a wheel? <laughs> so the final, the final scene of the full Monty, which I performed uh, 22 times, um, uh, every night we would do shots backstage. <laughs> and the artistic director had... Because uh, there were five of us, and we had uh, shots. We had a tray of shots. Um, and just to try to like cut the edge just a little bit. Uh, it was not like, oh, shot. It was like Wild Turkey 101. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you, go. you guys know. So, and it was one of those things where it's just like, it's just, uh, it's cold. Now you do it. It's you cold, and you just yeah. do the best you can. But on the other hand, you were... You never asked them to turn the AC down or nothing? <laughs> just it was, for the last scene. It Maybe. was some, listen, let's be clear. It was summer. Oh. And it was a swamp cooler, and we were doing the best we could with what we had, <laughs> which is a line I've used before. <laughs> okay, okay, back to uh, back to Equus. No, it's not an other thing, but it is. It is like if you're. We just got done doing a really complex dance. He just got done. He's doing this killer acting piece. His mind's not in the game. He right. just got done murdering a horse. Yeah, he just got done murdering the horse. Oh, he's, he's ramping up to that. Oh, and let's all, in this scene. Let's all remember it's pretend. So <laughs> you're just like, well, I want to do this, and I can outwardly express this, but whatever happens inside, man, I, I'm just hoping for the best. Yep, yep. Which is also a lot of hoping for the so, best. So, and and Dustin's wife is here tonight. Okay, anyway, um, how did the critics react? Here's from Reuters when the uh, play premiered in London in February 2007. Opening line of the article. Teenage film star Daniel Radcliffe threw off Harry Potter's invisibility cloak on Tuesday to appear naked on a London stage in the psychological thriller Equus, end quote. Classy. Yeah. I mean, if he did a good job, maybe it's his Dumblemore. <laughs> Tumble Did you think about that while you were in the bathroom? <laughs> no. I want to know. I want to know. Were you writing? No, this? Is it? no. Let me in see the your bathroom, hands. I was thinking. Show me your Thank hands. Thank God did I you did write not that piss shit on myself your hands? on a live stream. Uh, <laughs> from the New York Post, in a review titled Giddy Up, Radcliffe, with his Luminously intense eyes and fragile but wiry body, looks rightfully, uh, wonderfully right as Alan. The 17-year-old British boy besotted by everything equine. That is not, that is not the point of the show. show. <laughs> besotted by everything equine. No? Okay. He was struggling with his own mental health. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But he did like horses. He did. Okay. He, yeah. Okay. From Bloomberg. Radcliffe's Allen is compelling proof that there is life after wizardry. Jesus. He quells and quakes a door... Adores horses and provokes humans with equal proficiency and looks great disrobed. 
So you're saying that the media has a specific fascination yeah. with nudity on stage. I don't, I'm just reading what's written. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Um, from the Associated Press. Let's get to the reason you folks bought tickets. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is in the nude. And yes, he can act on stage quite well, it turns out. The screen star of all those Harry Potter movies brings a disarming vulnerability and touching desperation to the role of Alan Strang. That's you the wouldn't closest be get. That's, that's, yeah. that's a decent one. Yeah. Okay. That's I'd, decent. I'd be vulnerable if I appeared naked on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it. Is that your vulnerability? Like, is that is that the vulnerability, or is the blinding of horses more vulnerable right. than being nude on stage? Well, I mean, there's a lot leading up to that, too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there are the themes of about well, and zero mentioned that he has co-stars. Like there were other people in that. Oh my God! There she is, yeah, right yeah. there. Bam! I just see her back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting that they don't see her face because obviously she's uh, not the focal point. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. He is. Uh huh. And from the Garden during uh, from the Guardian during the London run. Forget all the prurient press spe speculation about Harry Potter's private parts. The revelation of Jesus. this revival is that Daniel Radcliffe really can act. I'm more offended by the alliteration used in know, that. Right? The purient <laughs> product of his private uh, parts. Uh, purient press speculation about Harry Potter's private parts. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Should have got more beer. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. And surprisingly, <laughs> or maybe not surprisingly, if you've listened to my show before, you know I have an affinity for the old New York Times critic Ben Brantley, who was just vicious in his reviews. There's a whole book you can get of his reviews. Ben Brantley mentioned nothing about the nudity and praised Daniel Radcliffe's performance only. Nobody else's. <laughs> Even Richard Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how did Harry Potter fans react? <laughs> Radcliffe said, we've had some pretty hardcore fans at the stage door and they've all been pretty supportive and very lovely about it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a quote. <laughs> even, even if he didn't have the elder wand. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, you wouldn't have figured these out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> My that was the fastest. That was the fastest <laughs> pee break I've ever heard. I'm, with I'm the best product coming back out. I have no <laughs> theater experience, so I have to rely on pop culture <laughs> shit talk. Okay, here's another quote. I wanted to see if he could play both a wizard boy and a psycho patient, said Ashley Lucas, 21, and I think he did an excellent job. Psycho patient? Psycho patient. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At one performance, Caroline Nordmo, an admirer from Sweden, said she was hoping to buy tickets for herself and her 12-year-old sister, Laurentine. Uh, She's a bad sister. We know that it has something to do with horses and that he's in it, she explained. So that so she pigeonholed him into because he does this role, he's always going to do these morally yes. upright characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to take my 12 year old sister to it. Yeah, yeah, no, she's because a terrible. That'll sister. be okay. <laughs> she's a terrible sister. I mean, he didn't read. He read. Yeah, What's correct. the play about? Oh. Yeah, no, it's got horses in it. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Here's another one. Caitlin Gill, 20, a student from California who saw Equus with several friends, said the experience had not. Ruined the Harry Potter films for her. Well, thank it, God. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's the concern. It yes. only changed her perception of its star. And here's her quote. Caitlin Gill. After we saw the play, we were like, oh, my God. We'll never be able to see Harry Potter in the same way again. We saw him naked. Whoa. End quote. I would like to add to that. 
I just got done watching, uh, there was a production of Rent ah. in Casper, and I just got done watching a graduated student of mine, all had graduated. Oh, God. Do Mimi uh-huh. and Maureen. Yep. And it was actually really tough for me to watch. I bet. Because we are designed to not see people in a specific light. Right. We are trained not to see them. And then when they shift those, right. I don't want to say archetypes, but when they shift those tropes, when they shift those, when they put on a different, when they become adults, you don't see them like that. No. And it's a real hard, <laughs> it was a real difficult, uh, it was hard for me to believe that they were that character because I was fighting my preconceived notion of that character. Yep. I, uh, forgive me, I'm not laughing at your experience. I'm not here. laughing at no, I, no, I no, understand. Uh, I, I actually, uh, the second two years of my bachelor's degree were at Pepperdine in Malibu, California, and uh, I had a, a, an acting teacher there who was like, hey, there's this stage adaptation of the play, or the movie Train Spotting, and it's starring, <laughs> Jesus Christ, starring, or, or at least it features <laughs> a former student of mine, and you should go see it. And I went. It was one of the most harrowing experiences I've ever had on stage. If you've seen that movie, it is incredibly intense. It's, really it's, it's about a Scottish street hooligans, like... Heroin addict? Yeah. Heroin addict. Heroin it starts Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. Go <laughs> and, 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 but, Unfor- but, and nobody commented on seeing Obi-Wan Dong. They did not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obi-Wan right. Kenobi, the force was not strong <laughs> with him in that scene. But, I mean, it's, it is about a, a guy, uh, you know, who is steeped in like street thug hooligan life in Edinburgh and uh, gets forced to wholly cut, addicted cut, to heroin. Yeah, wholly yeah. addicted to heroin and has forced, forced to cut it cold turkey. Right. And and um, so I go and see this play and here comes the, the, the woman who uh, uh, my teacher had told me about and she gets on stage and within 30 seconds she's fully naked doing a simulated sex scene with the guy. And I'm like... Okay. Wait, she's supposed to be the like fourteen-year-old club kid that I can't he meets. remember. I, can't I don't. Remember. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I mean, she wasn't the suppository. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving a glowing review of Strange Body. At the end of the show, I was like, "Okay, uh, my teacher would be really upset if I didn't go talk to her." <laughs> so I waited for her at the stage door. I'm like, "Hey, Doc told us to come see you," and she's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> The first time I've ever met you, you saw me nude on stage in a play. Hi, I'm Morgan. <laughs> yeah, Morgan. we. N- oh my God, <laughs> we never saw each other again. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, some uh, reviews of uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, actors Richard E. Grant and Christian Slater attended the London premiere in February 2007. Does anything Christian Christian Slater Slater. has to say as a serious actor matter? Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on. He was great. And Richard E. Grant, Richard E. Grant, great British actor, okay. Are they hanging out together? Uh, I don't don't, don't know. Because that doesn't track. (laughs) That's a drug and alcohol thing. Yeah. This is this is this uh, classically trained actor Richard E. Grant <laughs> and the and guy was, who was in Cuffs. I was really good in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Second beer. Both of them had to say uh, that Danny Radcliffe was uh, pretty impressive, and they praised his bravery for taking the role. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I a hundred percent. 
Equus ran on Broadway for 22 previews, 21 previews, opened on September 25th, 2008, and closed on February 8th, 2009, after 156 performances. Did he do every single one? Yep. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because oftentimes they'll sub him in after the first two yeah. weeks. They'll get the ticket sales and then they'll sub somebody new in. Well, you know, I can't, okay, I can't guarantee that he did every performance. No, 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 there but might he, have been did like he make a, it from all the way from the beginning yeah. to the end? Yeah. Okay, that's, yes. okay. that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he nice. had a, might have had an understudy a couple nights. When he was subbed out, was it Ron Weasley? <laughs> 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 I'm just curious. <laughs> Draco Malfoy. And it was a vastly yeah. different performance. <laughs> 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 that was good, Doug. <laughs> the play was largely overlooked at the at the Tonys, but Radcliffe was nominated for the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actor in a Play. That award went to Jeffrey Rush for his performance in Exit the King. Oh, and by the way, Jeffrey Rush can be seen in the nude in his Oscar-winning performance in the film uh, Shine. Yeah, Shine. And w- did he get naked in Quills? Uh, pretty close. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Yeah, Quills you don't also... play the Marquis de Sade no, and not get naked. Something going on. Daniel Radcliffe has since performed on Go Broadway. watch the movie Quills. It's oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. Don't show it around the kids. <laughs> don't show it around the kids. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe has since performed on Broadway several more times, most notably in 2011 as the lead in the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, for which he was nominated again. How do you... For the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical. That is the most offensive thing that you've said all night. <laughs> that triggers me. One, that show sucks. <laughs> Two, that character's mediocre at best. He's very shallow, has very little arc comparatively to Equus. That's the most offensive thing. Agreed. That's the like the that's Leonardo DiCaprio winning for Reverend when he should have won for yeah, for uh, several things for, before that. that. That's Denzel Washington winning for Training Day when yeah. he should have won for a myriad of other movies right. that he already did. Yep, yep. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, though, Daniel Radcliffe has not appeared nude on stage since Equus. No, he was bathrobe and slippers for most of uh, Guns Akimbo. <laughs> right, right. Which you know was, he had boxers oh. on, but that was good. Although, recalling the nude scene in an interview uh, in 2015 with Daily Mail, a reputable reputable newspaper, (laughs) (laughs) not, Radcliffe spilled just a little more tea on the whole Equus experience. Quote, when I first did Equus, I was very self-conscious about my ass hair. (laughs) Lots of people have hairy starfish. No, no, no. So I made the ill-fated decision to have it removed via a process called sugaring. (laughs) Everybody's gasping. The article described the process this way. The painful technique involves a combination of products like honey, lemon juice, and sugar, which are applied to the skin and pulled off along with the hair. Sounds like Saturday. No. (laughs) (laughs) What? You mean it's hard for like a guy to keep up keep like manscape. He's just manscaping yeah. like everybody else does. Yeah. I mean every woman uh, like he probably like didn't other even have to have pay done. for it. They were like, "Yes, I'll wax Harry Potter's anus." <laughs> <laughs> Continuing his chronicling of the event with Guardium Leviosa. <laughs> I would just like to reiterate two beers is not enough for this. It's it's <laughs> it's Leviosa. <laughs> Continuing his chronicling of the event, Radcliffe continued, It was fucking painful. I had it done once, and I no longer care about my hairy ass. But it's not as bad as you think. I'm probably only a six on the ass. 
And? Hey, the Daily Mail yeah. is a reputable... <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, yeah, he might have been having fun with them, but anyway. Hey, guys, that's the story of Daniel Radcliffe and Equus. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, 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 does the media have a spin on this? Yeah, of course it does. Oh. Of course it does. <laughs> no, look at me. I don't know if I was journalist. Uh, I didn't take the pictures. <laughs> I challenge you, the next actor to do a nude scene on stage will be Hugh Jackman, and you will watch those ticket prices go through the roof. Oh, my God. Well, he did And that. I will buy them. <laughs> <laughs> It'll he, be a play where he just does laundry on his stomach in a bathtub. No! <laughs> no, what we left out was... And there was a lot of shows in addition to Hair. Yeah. Like Cabaret, uh, Sweet Charity. There yeah. was a lot of those shows in the 70s that really focused on the sexual deviancy... Well, what is perceived as sexual deviancy. Right. Uh, Which was or really just or, normal 70s behavior. Right. Or, you're not wrong. Normal, <laughs> you're not wrong. normal human behavior, but we just don't talk about it. Like, it's mm -hmm. just not spoken about. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, even uh, you put any big-named actor, you put Jeremy Jordan up there? Are you oh my kidding God. me? Oh, my God. Like, well, Hugh Jackman, to an even further point, when he appeared in the X-Men movie, X-Men Days of Future Past, he is thrust from a dystopian future back to the 70s, into his yep. 70s self, and he wakes up in this 70s bedroom with like macrame art hanging on the wall. And yeah. Ooh, and mirrors was, on the ceiling. And mirrors on the ceiling. It was, it was with some mafia dude's daughter. Wakes up next to a woman, and the uh, implication there is that they've just had a fun evening. And he's waking up, it's the middle of the morning, the alarm clock goes off. And the, the director said, now we aren't, we aren't going to have you naked in this hue. And he goes, listen, <laughs> as a young man in the 70s and 80s, when you wake up and you don't know where you are and there's some woman next to you, there's no way you're yeah. waking up with clothes on. No, yeah, no, not. no, no. And no. the first thing you do is check to Where's see where my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but to a further point, that I think, maybe I'm wrong in this. I don't know. I haven't really chronicled, but might be the first naked superhero we've seen on stage or on screen. Um, possibly. I mean, you saw his booty. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I'm sure it's only That's a the only of reason why that movie like made any money. I mean, the story was bad, but you <laughs> yeah, get Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but I mean, it's but only a matter of time before Hensworth is like, "Look at my hammer." Didn't you see Love and Thunder yet? I have not. Okay, well, oh, but see. Hugh Jackman did play in The Boy from Oz, which does have some which mm -hmm. did have a bit of deviancy into right. it. And we and we I use the term deviancy because to know it it just differs from the Judeo-Christian structure of oh, no. of what is perceived as sexual appropriateness. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously you didn't get into, and I don't know how much time we have left. Oh, we're fine. But you didn't get into the idea where in the ancient Grecian culture. Oh, my God. Right. Like, we can't even talk about Lysistrata. No. Where Lysistrata, the women decided to go, oh, these men are fighting too much. You know what we should do? Let's lock ourselves in a castle and forbid them from having sex with us till they get finished fighting. And it works. I wonder why. The point <laughs> was, no one's been able to try that since. But like, right. But that's that was there. It wasn't seen as a deviant act. It was seen more as, I mean, uh, as a necessity. It's 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 cutting off a, a, a flow <laughs> in the oh, supply whoa. chain. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they had supply chain issues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, who hasn't well, had that? Welcome Walmart. To, welcome the to Angie Greasons. I could be wrong on this, but isn't there a 70s movie where it, that is actually about a stage production? Where Christopher Reeve, like basically, they strip him down in every scene. Oh, huh? I can't remember the, the I, title. Oh, but we're gonna have to look this up. But oh my gosh, it, it's a it's a film about mm-hmm. a stage that a stage play that is disastrous. Well, that's that's but a uh, Superman ends up naked. Uh, it's the, the one. The, the, no, it's not on the timing. It's the Anyone? one where the rotates. The what? The play that goes wrong. The play that goes Might wrong. That doesn't sound Might right, but it. I feel like that's. Well, Christopher Reeve was in the movie well, that with the with the. I think oh we all I have homework. Give up, now. I give yeah. my. I think we all have welcome. homework. So I give all um, my degrees back. Well, okay, uh, Dustin, Matt, <laughs> final thoughts on stage nudity and Dan Radcliffe and yes. Yeah. Stage nudity is designed specifically to sell tickets. It's unfortunate that the media chooses to sensationalize that and ignores. Any idea of theme, any idea of message, any idea of like uh, instruct delight, but they focus primarily on the idea of the star being nude. Yeah, agreed. And what about all the other actors in said production who probably did a great job and totally got ignored because well, I mean, super we, famous teenage kid mm-hmm. was naked? I mean, still have not seen her face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. We, no. we, we still don't know who, what she looks like. Well, we can yeah. talk about the young woman who that was not. Unfortunately, and maybe, uh, maybe was I'm that her dis- big break? Right? Maybe I'm just a little desensitized. Or maybe to this. not. Maybe maybe she's scarred because they were like Joanna Christie. You heard people? Of her? No. Okay. No. no I've no. never heard of her. Okay. Never heard of her. And you have not seen her face. No. No. But I'd it was not as shocking. Ah, okay, we're getting there. It was not as shocking to see her in just her underpants from the back as it was to go. Harry Potter has a little hair around his tummy. Well, I mean, he grew that. How many people were like, he's just a British Elijah Wood? Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a face. Oh, oh, we no, can see her face. Barely, that's, that's barely. barely. Right. That's, that's barely. barely. Her right. eyes are closed. It doesn't count. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know if that's a rule you. Would I think. Play I think honestly, it's one of those. It's one of those things where I mean, when we look at the media's interpretation of the media is designed for one, these media outlets that mm. were spoken that were spoken media. Of, entertainment media is designed <laughs> specifically to exploit individuals to sell things. Right. Correct. Yeah. Not to, not to con- not to contribute to society. Or not to say this is maybe an important piece of art, and yes, there is some nudity. Absolutely. Well, wow. and would anyone have noticed Equus if it was some 17-year-old they had never heard of? No, oh, no, no, it's no, phenomenal. No, no, no. Before, no. Yeah. 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 The, the, show's, the show's fantastic, and, yeah. it, and is, is clearly a classic, withstanding the test of time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he did Dorian Gray, which is another one that is incredibly sexually explicit. Right. However, completely glossed over. They right. chose this one because he stabs horses' eyes out, and he's... A, he's I don't want to use the word pervert, but he definitely right. struggles with a heavy dose of mental anguish. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I feel bad for him, but at least he had some guns bolted to his hands and um, guns yep. akimbo. <laughs> okay, well, th- again, that's the story of Daniel Radcliffe and Equus. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin and Matt. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of Euripides, Humanities, a Theater History Podcast. For my guests... Matt and Dustin. My name is Aaron Odom. I am going to be signing off now. I appreciate you all listening. We'll get another episode to you here coming out pretty soon, and I will see you at intermission. Thank which you we didn't very have. much. Woo!